Parshas Emor. And you shall count for yourselves from the second day of Pesach, from the day you bring the Omer offering, Devarim. On that day, the Am Yisrael altogether begin the 49-day count in anticipation of Shavuos. And yet one thing we notice right away when we study this mitzvah is that we're not counting the way we should. We're not counting how many days it is until Kabbalah Satoira. That's how it should be. 49 days till Kabbalah Satoira. 48 days till Kabbalah Satoira. 47 days. 46 days. But no, we don't do that. Usfartem lachem miyom haviachem et omer atinufa. And you shall count for yourselves. From the day you bring the Omer offering, the Pasuk is commanding us to count the days that elapse from when we reap our first harvest and bring the korban of new grain in the Beis Hamikdash. Hayom yom echad la Omer. Today is the first day of the Omer. We ignore Shavuos altogether and focus on counting the days from the Omer. One day from the Omer, two days from the Omer, three days from the Omer. We count up from the Omer until we get to Shavuos. It's a queer thing. Because if the counting was in anticipation of that great event of the giving of the Torah, when we would hear the voice of Hashem, then we would count down the days that remain ahead. It's something that demands an explanation. Now, of course, for the Apikorsim, this was an opportunity. Apikorsim said, Oh, once upon a time, Shavuos was nothing but a harvest festival. The same way the pagans had a harvest festival, so the Am Yisrael did the same thing. Ignorant scholars can say such things. But we know that the Torah wants to teach us something here. And so we'll spend a little time studying the purpose of this counting, the principle we're expected to internalize. Now, Sefirah Sa'omer is a mitzvah de'oraisa, and therefore I can say that I know the reason. But we'll focus now on one answer, one lesson that we're surely expected to learn from this mitzvah. The answer is that we're not just counting down the days to Shavuot. For that, we could look at the calendar. Sefirah Sa'omer means that we're counting days in order to prepare ourselves for Shavuot. We're not merely looking forward to Matan Torah. Of course, that too. But the way we get there, the way to arrive at Shavuos, ready for Kabbalah Satayla, is by looking backwards to the Omer, the special meal offering that celebrates the beginning of the harvest and makes the new produce permissible to eat. And what is the Omer offering saying? Plain and simple, it tells us that our Kadosh Baruch Hu is giving us food. And when we count Sphira, it's food days that we're counting. Most people never thought about that. We count Sphira because we're eating. The Korban Omer is a karasatov for our food. And not just once. Every additional day that we continue to eat from the new crop requires a new counting. We're counting the days, one day at a time, of Hashem feeding us. I ate yesterday, and now... I'm eating again today. That's what Sefirah is. We're counting food days. Hashem, you gave us food for one whole day. Now two days you're giving us food. Now it's three days and you're still giving us food. Four days food. Five days food. You're giving us food one day after the next. And we don't stop counting. 
Today is the 13th day of eating. Ooh, a month of eating. After counting so many days of eating bread, we're so full of gratitude when we arrive at Shavuos. Now we're ready to accept the Torah with a full heart, with a lave shalem. We're so happy that you're feeding us, Hashem. And if that's the case, we're going to thank you by accepting the Torah. We've been eating for so many days that now we're ready for Kabbalah Satoida. Now I understand that when we hear these words, they mean very little to our American ears. And that's because when people have plenty to eat, they don't feel the need to be grateful. In the olden days, when a person came home and asked his wife, is there any bread for me to eat? And the wife put a piece of bread on the table. He was so happy. A piece of bread? Sometimes, when he finished the bread and asked for another piece, his wife had to tell him no, because she needed to save it for the next meal, or for the children's breakfast. But he was satisfied anyhow. He had eaten a piece of bread. That's how it used to be. Precisely because he didn't have enough. That's why he was very happy with the little bread that he did have. He appreciated it. Baruch Hashem. Another day of eating. And that's why after eating the bread, he washed Mayim Achronim and took out a big siddur and thanked Hashem for the bread with a full heart. Baruch Ata Hashem. Oy, oy, oy. Bread. Hazanes HaOilam Kulo. He feeds the whole world, and he does it bechein, bechesed, uvrachamim, graciously, with kindness and mercy. He was so happy with that piece of bread. But today a man comes home, and he already stopped on the way home for kosher pizza and kosher ice cream, and now he's stuffed. And so when his wife puts bread on the table, he has no appetite, and he's surely not grateful for anything. He wasn't grateful for the ice cream either. So when we speak today about counting days of eating bread, the message falls flat. It's not always easy to put Torah ideas into American heads. But the truth is, it's not only bread we're thanking for. Bread is only a simon. It's the climax, the grand finale of all the chesed Hashem. When we say we're thanking Hashem for bread, for the Omer, it means we're thanking Him for everything. Everything now for everything, even us spoiled Americans can begin to feel gratitude. How do I know that bread includes everything? In Mesech Tebesochim, the Gemara speaks about Capitol 136 in Tehillim. And it says that this Capitol is called Hallel HaGadol, the Great Hallel. Now we know that everything in Tehillim is Gadol. Ashrei Tehillel David is very great. If you say it every day three times, you're a ben oilam haba. That's how important it is. So why then is this capital singled out to be called Halel Hagadol? That's the Gemara's question. And so the Gemara explains that it's called the great Halel because of the last line, which is the pinnacle of all the chaste Hashem. You have there 26 times the phrase ki le'oilam chasto, enumerating the chaste Hashem. He took us out of Mitzrayim. He drowned Poto in the Yamsuf. He led the Bnei Yisrael through the sea. He led us through the wilderness. He destroyed our enemies. A whole long list of Chasdei Hashem.
And then after all of the phrases, after all the other nisim are mentioned, what's the pinnacle of the Chaz de Hashem? The last one, the final thing on the list, is Noitain lechem lechol basar, ki le'aylam chasdo. You, Hashem, give food to all the living. That's the grand finale. HaKadosh Baruch Hu izan umefarnes the whole world. The Italians are eating sausages. The Irish are eating potatoes. The Americans are eating everything. And we, Baruch Hashem, are eating too. We have what to eat. And that's what Sfira Sa'omer is all about. Gratitude for bread and for life and for everything. For all the Kile Olam Chazdo in the world. And it's this gratitude. One day of gratitude. Two days of gratitude. Three days. That is our preparation for Kabbalah Satoida. And it was also the preparation for the first Kabbalah Satoida in history. When we study Kabbalah Satoida, we see that it came only as a result of gratitude. It was an overwhelming feeling of gratitude that motivated our ancestors to accept Hashem's Torah. And that's what we'll study now, because it's that attitude that we seek to emulate during these days of counting the Omer. These days that lead us to Shavuos. Now, you'll remember that when Moshe Rabbeinu was shepherding Yisro's sheep in the wilderness, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu spoke to him for the first time, he said to him the following, Behotziacha es ha'am mimitzrayim. When you bring this nation out of Mitzrayim, Tavdun es ha'elokim al they will serve Elokim on this mountain of Har Sinai. Now, this pasuk is usually not understood properly. What is meant by they will serve Elokim on this mountain? So, some think it refers to the offerings that were brought on Har Sinai, but the truth is that's not the pshat. It's not important enough. Anybody could bring offerings. We understand that the chief event that transpired at Har Sinai was the Kabbalah Satorah. The Ta'avdun, the Avoida of this mountain, meant that the Am Yisrael accepted the Torah with all their hearts. They said, Na'asev Ishma, we agree to do everything, even though we don't yet know what it's going to be. All the nations, had the Torah been offered to them, would have said, before we accept, we have to know, Ma'kasuvba, What's written in that Torah that you're offering to us? We need more information so we can bring it back to the lawyers to review. We need time to think it over. But the Am Yisrael, we have no questions. We accept it all. Vayan kol ha'am. And the whole nation declared, Shemos, without exception. Every person spoke up and said, we accept the Torah. And not only did they say it, but they really meant it in all their heart. We know that because when our Kalash Baruch Hu spoke about that day, he said, Mi yiten kolayamim. With that, they kept this heart of theirs to continue to fear me forever, just like that day. Devorim. So we have the testimony of our Kalash Baruch Hu himself that when they said, Nasevenishma, it was said with a full heart. But the question is, what was it that caused them to accept the Torah? What was the catalyst for their blind acceptance? It just happened that a nation of two million should agree to accept upon themselves an entirely new set of laws and restrictions without even knowing what they were? It was the most unusual thing that ever happened. More unusual than Kriyas Yamsuf. HaKadosh Baruch Hu could do Nisim. 
He could make makas bechoyres. He could split the yamsuf. He could do anything. But when people have to use their own free will, their bechira, there, HaKadosh Baruch Hu doesn't interfere. He allows people to choose on their own. Now you know that Jews are a stubborn and contentious people. When you have ten Jews, sometimes you'll have ten opinions. And how many Jews were present at Har Sinai? At least two million. Two million Jews stood together. And every single one of them agreed. We accept. With their own free will, they said with all their hearts, Na we accept the Torah. And they did it with such a willingness that HaKadosh Baruch Hu looked into their hearts and testified that they really meant it. It was the most remarkable incident in the history of the world. It was nothing less than a nace. How could such a nace happen? So if we'll take a moment to study it, we'll discover that it was a result of gratitude. The people who stood at Har Sinai had been in Mitzrayim 210 years and they weren't able to leave. Imagine if from 1776 to 1986, you couldn't leave the United States. Even if they weren't subjected to hard labor all those years, they were still imprisoned in Mitzrayim without any hope of getting out. V'yemaru es chayehem. Their lives were embittered. They suffered tremendously in Egypt. Every time a woman was pregnant, she was terrified that the Egyptians might find out. Because what would happen? The Egyptians kept tabs. And if it was a boy, they would throw him into the Nile as a sacrifice to the god of the river whom they worshipped. And there was Avoidus Perech too. The Pasuk describes it as Koitzeruach Ruach Kasha. They could hardly breathe from the severity of the labor. Then finally, suddenly, something happened in the middle of the night. Pyro got up and left his palace, and he came running with all of his advisors and princes. Please, get out of my country this minute! And the Am Yisrael walked out, loaded down with all the wealth of Mitzrayim. They took all the wealth of the country with them. It says that in the Torah. They emptied out Mitzrayim, Shemos. For all the years of hard labor, they collected back pay now, plus interest. And so now they're marching out of Mitzrayim, loaded down with silver and gold, and watching the destruction of their oppressors. Dayenu! That would have been enough. But then, when they come to the Yamsuf, they get to witness their pursuers drowning before their eyes. Ooh! What gratitude they felt to HaKadosh Baruch Hu! Dayenu! That would have been enough. And they all sang the Shira, their song of gratitude to Hashem. They went wild with a delirium of ecstasy. They became so grateful and they loved HaKadosh Baruch Hu with such an intensity that they were ready to do anything that he asked. And therefore, when the time came, they accepted the Torah because their hearts were overflowing with HaKadosh Hatov. Gratitude. They were in love with Hashem. If HaKadosh Baruch Hu asked them to leap into a fire for him, they would have leapt. They served Hashem on that mountain with the fullest acceptance. And that's what Avoida means. It's the desire to serve Hashem because of the enormous gratitude that one feels. And that's what Hashem was telling Moshe Rabbeinu the first time he spoke with him. Because you, as my messenger, will bring this nation out of Mitzrayim. Therefore, they will serve Hashem on this mountain of Ar Sinai, Shemos. 
Hashem was declaring here that it would be the gratitude for Yitzhiyaz Mitzrayim that would charge the nation with an enormous energy of love for Hashem, which would cause the wondrous and unequaled phenomenon that an entire people would accept the service of Hashem upon themselves forever and ever. That's why when Hashem began the Aseris Adibris, his first words were, I am Hashem, your God, who took you out of Mitzrayim. Shemos. The immense gratitude and the love that was engendered by the redemption from Mitzrayim was the foundation and the motivation for the Tavdun Es Ha'elokim, for the service to Hashem that they accepted upon themselves at Har Sinai. The Avoidah of Kabbalah Satorah was the Avoidah of gratitude. Now we have to know that this wasn't merely something that happened once. It's something that is intended as a lesson for us always. That's why we count the Omer in such an unusual way. Instead of counting down to Kabbalah Satorah, we count up one day of eating from the new crop, two days of eating from the new crop. We're getting ourselves excited over the grain that Hashem is giving to us. Noisen lechem l'chol basar, one day, and another day, and then another, until we're ready to say, Nasevenishma again. That's an entirely new attitude we're learning right here. An entirely new approach to what Avoidus Hashem means. What it means to be Makabal the Torah and serve Hashem all the days of our lives. To be a servant of Hashem means to serve Him out of gratitude. You know, if today you find a Baal Tshuva who comes off the street and wants to be from, and not only a Baal Tshuva, but even a pious Jew who decides he wants to serve Hashem properly, so he has in his mind that he's willing to do things for Hashem. But very often he thinks he's the giver here. He'll give away his time or money or labor to serve Hashem. He'll even sacrifice his desires in order to serve Hashem. He's from now. He's doing for Hashem. That's what he's thinking. Look what I'm doing for him. I'm giving away my whole life, living like a Frum Jew and keeping his Torah. Once, when I was in the yeshiva in Slobodka, a yeshiva man, an old Talmud, came back to the yeshiva to visit the Rebbeim. And so, the mashkiach asked him, Vus hert zich? What's doing? So the visitor said, In Ruchnius? Very, very good. But Gashmius? It's a schwer matzav. It's very difficult. After this Talmud left, the Mashgiach told us pshat in what he had said. The Mashgiach taished it up as follows. What I'm doing for HaKadosh Baruch Hu is very good. I'm not pulling any punches. I'm giving HaKadosh Baruch Hu everything I can. But as far as what he's doing for me, it's schwer. It's not so good. And that's upside down. Because now you think you're the tovu mativ. You're the benefactor in this relationship. And Hashem is the one taking. What's he doing for me, you're thinking? Almost nothing. A man who lives that way is not an oived Hashem. He's a mushchas. He's corrupt through and through. From top to bottom, he's corrupt. Because he thinks that every time he does a good deed, he is giving HaKadosh Baruch Hu more than he deserves. I'm keeping Yiddishkeit. I observe all the mitzvahs. I go to shul. I put on tefillin. I keep Shabbos. Everything I'm doing for you. Only that he figures he's making a good investment. I'm suffering for you. For your sake in this world. He says to Hashem. But I know you'll pay me back in the next world. Now although it's true. 
Hashem gives a person oilam haba for his mitzvahs. No question about it. But we're learning now that this attitude is wrong. It's very wrong. This man is making a big mistake about what Kabbalah Satorah is all about. Kabbalah Satorah needs a preface. The Chayvus Lavavas has ten shiarim, ten sections. The first is Shar Yichud HaElokim. He talks there about recognizing the truth of Hashem. Philosophical proofs to the existence of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. The second section is Shara Bechina. That's the study of the wisdom and kindliness of the Creator, apparent in all the phenomena of nature, all the good that HaKadosh Baruch Hu bestows upon us. And after that, then comes a third section, a Shar, called Shar Avoidus HaElokim, the gate of service of Hashem. Now the Chayvus Lovavis explains that this system, this arrangement of his, is intentional. He says there that only Achar HaBechina, only after you study the kindness that Hashem is bestowing upon you. Tavo HaAvoida. Only then can you really serve Hashem. When a person begins to realize what Hashem is doing for him all the time, that's the beginning of his career of being an Oyved Hashem. Of course, you have to do everything anyhow. You have to keep everything. But you have to know that it's not Avoidus Hashem until you've studied the preface of gratitude. You can't just jump into Avoidus Hashem. Of course, doing mitzvahs is very important because you can't be a Jew without mitzvahs. But it's like saying you can't be a civilized man if you don't wear pants in the street. So you wear pants and now you're a civilized man. But wearing pants doesn't make you a tzaddik. And just doing mitzvahs doesn't yet make you an Eved Hashem. It might make you a decent person, a Jew. But to be an Eved Hashem, you need more than just pants, more than just mitzvahs. The first step is recognizing what Hashem has done for you and what He is doing for you every second. That's number one. Why is that? Because it's only after a man is convinced that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is showering upon him very many forms of kindliness. Only after a man feels loaded down with indebtedness for all the blessings that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is giving to him, it's only then that someone can also feel the urge to do something in return. And that's what Havoidah is. Havoidah means to have a desire to repay the kindliness of Hashem. According to the Chayvus Lavavus, Havoidah means to be so humbled in gratitude to Hashem that you want to do something to pay Him back. And this preface is essential. Otherwise, if you skip this preface, you're not serving HaKadosh Baruch Hu. It could be you're doing mitzvahs, you're learning Torah, but you think that you're doing benefits for him because you think that without any reason at all that you're doing his will, without any motivation on your part except charity. You're fulfilling the Torah and therefore HaKadosh Baruch Hu is indebted to you. But that's not an Eved Hashem. On the contrary, you're on top. Eved loive leish malve. When someone borrows money, he becomes indebted, a servant to the money lender. So here we are lending Hashem. We're doing good deeds to him. And we're doing them all the time. So he owes us. He's our Eved, Kaviyocho. He's your servant, Khalila, Not the other way around. But if you realize that you're receiving benefits, piles and piles of benefits, mountains of benefits, and you can hardly pay back even pennies, so you're embarrassed. So you're convinced that you're in the red, that you're indebted to Hashem, that you don't know what to do. You're put to shame. You don't know where to hide from Hashem in embarrassment. You're nichna. 
you're humbled. And like David the Melech, you begin to say to Hillim, Ma shiv la Hashem, kol tagmulo hi How could I pay back Hashem for all that he bestowed upon me? When you ask that question, then you're ready to be an oivad Hashem. You say, Ma'ashiv, what can I pay back? At least let me serve you as an expression of my gratitude. Oh, now you're ready. Now you can finally begin the career of Avodah Hashem. Now you can be Makabel the Torah. You remember when the Gentile wanted to become a Jew? When he wanted to be Makabel the Torah? So he came first to Shammai. Teach me the whole Torah on one foot, he asked. On one foot, Shammai was too busy for such games. He was a builder, and he had a yardstick in his hand. So he pushed the man away with the stick. In other words, evaporate. Now, it could be that he's criticized for doing that. But the truth is that Shammai was right. What do you mean, teach me the whole Torah on one foot? If a man came to study plumbing and said to the master plumber, teach me the whole Torah of plumbing on one foot, the master plumber would take out a monkey wrench and give it to him over the head. Plumbing, you want to learn on one foot? What do you think this is? That's what Shammai said. What do you mean Torah on one foot? You have to sit down for a long time to learn the Torah. For years and years. But this Goy was a persistent fellow. So he came to Hillel. Teach me the whole Torah on one foot, he said to Hillel. So what did Hillel say? He said like this. You want to learn the whole Torah on one foot? Okay, lift up your foot and let's go. So what did Hillel tell him? What is hateful to you, don't do to your friend. And Hillel told him, you can put your foot down now. That's the whole Torah. All the rest is commentary. Now get busy studying. Now Rashi has two perushim on that. But we'll just study the first parish. Hillel was saying to the candidate for Geiris like this. You want to know the reason that you have to eat kosher? The reason that you cannot shave with a razor blade? Why you cannot wear shadnays? Why you can't write on Yom Tov? So I'll tell you the reason, Hillel said. If you had given someone very many gifts, costly gifts for a long time, over and over again without end, and then finally one day you requested of him a small favor, that he should go on a small errand for you, and he told you, why should I? Why should I? How would you feel? That's gratitude. You'd feel that he's a barbarian. If after you did so many favors for someone, he refused to do a small favor for you, that would be very hateful to you. And if that would be hateful to you, then to your friend, your great friend in heaven, don't do that to him. HaKadosh Baruch Hu has given you so many things that you're indebted to him forever. Just the fact that he gave you life for so many years is more than enough. Yet it doesn't even occur to you that you're in the red. You're so deeply in debt that there's no way to pay him back. He gave you life. Now that's a big debt already. Now some people say, why should I repay? Did I ask him to give me life? Did I ask him to create me? That is the summit of ingratitude. The question alone shows a corruption of character. Because suppose this person suspects that he might not live more than a few days because of a certain fatal illness. He would do everything in the world to find a refua. He'd go to every physician and take all kinds of tests. He'd pay all kinds of money. He wants to live. Aha! You want to live? So what are you asking such questions for? Did I ask him to give me life? You love life! And so, just for that, 
Just because you woke up this morning, you should be walking around all day thinking, what can I do to pay him back? What can I do to serve him? People don't understand that today. I once was speaking to a Ben Yeshiva about this. He says, what am I getting? He was thinking that he doesn't have five Cadillacs, that he doesn't have a yacht and a summer home in Maine. The fact that he has three meals a day, that's nothing to him. The fact that every one of his organs is in perfect working condition. The fact that his mind is functioning and that he's not locked up in an institution. That's nothing to him because he never spent time thinking about it. The fact that he's an American citizen, you think that's a small thing? I was once in Europe, in Lithuania. I once was walking in the street. I saw an American Jew in the street and he was brandishing his red American passport. In those days it was red. And he was showing it off with glee for all the natives to see who he was. Everybody envied him that little book. That's when I began to appreciate it. If a person doesn't learn to appreciate all these things, and not just superficially, but to actually feel a debt on his shoulders, then he's very far from being a servant of Hashem, because he has started out without the right foundation. There cannot be any kind of avoida without first knowing that you are the one who is the recipient of countless benefits. It's a pity we don't study this. We should take our time, a lot of time, to think about what we're getting from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. If we would study the benefits thoroughly, we would see how much we're enjoying, how fortunate you are that you were born. So many miscarriages take place. But you were born. You made it into this world. And you are not a cripple either. And you are not blind. You live normally, more or less. And you have so many limbs and so many organs. And everyone is functioning. Each one is a miracle of plan and purpose. Each organ by itself is a most wonderful contrivance that no human inventor could ever equal. And every day, you arise in the morning, you open your eyes and you're still alive. And you begin using again the great gift of your body and your mind, all your faculties. You can remember, you can think, you can speak, you can see and hear, you can function in every manner. When you begin thinking in this manner, you're ready for Avoides Hashem. Now, hearing this opens up for us a whole new vista of Avaitis Hashem. It opens doors for you that you never imagined existed. Because now your mitzvahs, your Torah, can take on a whole new meaning. But it's not enough to just hear it. You have to study it thoroughly. You have to live it. If you study this Chesed Hashem and that Chesed Hashem, you'll begin to feel a little bit of what we're speaking about now. And when a person begins to appreciate even a little bit more than before. So now he's more of an Eved Hashem. He's on his way now. You'll begin thinking, maybe HaKadosh Baruch Hu isn't indebted to me after all. Maybe I'm not doing so much for him. Maybe when I come to the next world, I'll find that I've fallen way behind in my payments, even for the first day of my life. I'll find out that whatever I did for Hashem in this world, I didn't pay for the first day of my life yet. When I was a little baby and I was breathing and living normally, whatever I got on that first day, I didn't pay him back. No matter how many mitzvahs I performed, even until the last day of my life. For all that Hashem did for me, that very first day of my life, I can never pay him back. I haven't paid yet for all those diapers that I was wearing then. You have to pay for those diapers. You have to pay back all the milk that you drank on that first day. 
You have to pay back for all the breaths that you breathed that first day. You know that? On the Pasuk, Kol Neshama Tehalalka, the Medrash in Breshis Rabbah, says, I'll call Neshima Neshima Tehalalka. For every breath you take, you have to say Halel. Suppose you have to say Halel for every breath. And not half Halel. So we would never finish paying for the breaths of that first day. We would still be saying Halel now. You're not convinced that a breath, one breath is worth saying Halel? I have a simple experiment for you. Put your head in a bucket of water and hold it there for three minutes. If somebody will say, I'll let you take one breath if you promise to say Halel afterwards for it. It's a bargain. He'll let you take your head out for one second. You take one breath and back in that water again. And as you're there under the water, so you signal to him, I'm ready to say another Halel. You'd be willing to say two Hallels too. It's a bargain. One Hallel for each breath. And so you see that we are far behind in our payments to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. He gives us our lives and he supplies us with all the happiness that we enjoy. We're very deep in the red. We're way over our heads in debt. And therefore, as much as we possibly can, we want to serve him. Let's say HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives you a home to live in and all he requests is that you put up a mezuzah on the door. Are you going to ask him why? So he just might say, if you don't want to put up a mezuzah, fine, give me back the house. Nobody has to put up a mezuzah if he has no place to live in. It's only if you have a house to live in that you have to put up a mezuzah. It's like the boy who asked his father, Pa, do I have to bench every day? So his father said, no. Only when you eat. For just looking at bread, you don't need to make a bracha. So just look and don't eat. If Hashem tells you to make a bracha over food, will you say, why should I? That's fine. Hashem might say, don't eat my food and don't make a bracha. Why do you have to put tefillin on your head? Because you have a head. You don't want to put on tefillin. So give back the head. If HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, tomorrow morning put the tefillin on your head, and you say, why should I? So he can say, well, give me back the head. Every day I'm giving you a head, and it's a very valuable gift. So when you put on tefillin, realize that you're doing it because of How can I repay you for all that you have bestowed upon me? So now, when you begin a career of being Oyved Hashem, it's not enough, let's say, to just go out and buy a more expensive pair of tefillin. It's not a bad idea, by the way. You should make sure that your tefillin are kosher tefillin. And if you must, don't delay in buying a new pair. But it's still not enough. It's not enough if you just buy a better talus. It's not enough to put up more expensive mezuzahs. It's good, but it's not enough. When you put on tefillin tomorrow morning, and you put on tzitzis tomorrow morning, and you say kriyas shema and daven, and you give charity, they should be expressing one thing. They should express your feelings of humbleness for the benefits that HaKadosh Baruch Hu has given to you. So Torah and mitzvahs and everything you do is merely a demonstration that you are subject to Him, that you are humbled before Him in gratitude. All the benefits that HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives us require of us some small payment. And that was Hillel's answer to that gear.
The reason for the whole Torah is gratitude. That's the reason why we fulfill the mitzvahs. Ma'ada'alach san'ai. What is hateful to you? If after you did so many favors for someone, he refused to do, do a small favor for you, that's hateful to you. Then lechavrach, to your great friend in heaven, who has given you everything, lo savit, don't do that to him. And therefore the foundation for the whole Torah is nothing but gratitude. Now, an attitude like that is not something you acquire in one day. You can't listen to a lecture and expect to be ready to serve Hashem. The Am Yisrael didn't just show up at the foot of Ar Sinai, hear a shear from Moshe Rabbeinu on gratitude, and say, Na There was a big preface, a big hakdama of understanding and appreciating Chesed Hashem that came first. And it was that preface of enormous gratitude that was the catalyst for the Tavdun, Es Elohim, that took place on that mountain. And so when we come back now to our subject of Sfirah Omer, our counting up from the Omer in, in anticipation of Kabbalah Satorah, we understand that it's primarily a counting of gratitude. We're counting one day after another, one day of the Chesed Hashem, a second day of the Chesed Hashem, and another, and another. And we keep counting until we can say, like Dabr the Melech did, Ma'ashiv, oh Hashem, what in the world can I do to show you my gratitude? You know why David said that? Because Kosi Revaya, his cup was filled. It was overflowing with happiness. Kosi Revaya, my cup is overflowing, Hashem. He said, so many happinesses I'm getting. But our cups? You know why our cups don't overflow with the kindness of Hashem? Because when the kindness is given to us, for a moment we're happy, but it doesn't remain there. It doesn't remain in this cup. The Rav pointed to his head. We put it into the cup, but there's a hole in the bottom. And whatever goes in, drips out. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is always giving us happiness and kindness. But when we look into our cup of happiness, we see nothing there. It all dripped out through the hole. And therefore, we must get working on this avoida of Safira Saomer by counting each day and remembering the happiness of the day before as well. Each day gets added to the next one and our cup begins to fill. Now, it takes more than 49 days. By the way, it takes a lifetime of thinking. But the lesson we're learning is that each day counts. Each day is important. And after a while, a person begins to think, look what Hashem is doing for me. So many days of happiness. And your mind begins to overflow with gratitude. It pours out. You can't help yourself. And you begin to ask yourself the same question David HaMelech asked. Ma shiv la Hashem. Kol tagmulo hialai. What can I pay back to Hashem for all that He does for me? Have a wonderful Shabbos.